he's hit that one. And has totally ripped it past Shay Gibbon. start yeah so good evening and welcome back to arson's opulent fiefdom this is episode 24 with a bang uh after a three-year hiatus we are back and recording in live technicolor um i apologize first of all for our absence uh it's been down to me and me alone uh, but I'm delighted. I'm delighted to be back here tonight with none other than Adrian. Adrian, good evening. Good evening. It's good to be back. Yeah. This, this feels a bit like when we when we brought back like Thierry or Jens Lehmann. Yeah, or yeah, Sol. yeah. Maybe it's more like Sol. Yes. We Sol back. The second. Well, I, I remember this, that game. Um, he played against Porto when we beat them 5-0. Mm. You remember that game? Frank and I went to that game. Good, ben the Hattrick. Ben the Hattrick, the Nasri... A uh, little maze dribble. Wasn't the the previous game just we were just shambolic? I don't remember. There was like a Fabianski howler or something. Or possible sounds sounds plausible. I feel like Frank might put that in the group the other day, and we, I watched it again. Oh right, yeah. I, I remember this was the game where where Sol Campbell had, had doubled in width mm-hmm. um, As since his first his first spell, and he was marking Hulk that day, mm-hmm. and Hulk looked very unHulk like compared to Campbell, who dwarfed him and pocketed him um, completely. Anyway, we digress. Um, We're going to talk about a few things tonight. The world has changed quite significantly since we last spoke about Arsenal in a recorded manner. Um, One of the the world's most famous Arsenal fans, no longer with us. Yes. R.I.P. R.I.P. Liz. Lizzie. Um, Yeah, that's that's happened. Um, Last time we spoke, Emery was in charge. This was January 2019. We look back at the archives. Different time. Different time, different mood. How have you changed in that time, do you think? Just to sum, sum it up for the listeners, so get a picture of you. Uh, well, I, in the meantime, I got COVID a couple of times, yeah. uh, which in the previous years of my life I had, did not have. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think that's changed me somehow, but I feel like it, you know we're still seeing how that's going to work out. Yeah. Yet to see if it's for the better. Um, there was a period there where I was. You've still got your hair. Yeah, I still got my hair, but I couldn't get out of bed for a week. So yeah. that felt like a real regression. Mm, mm. Um, how about you? Um, more tired, just generally. Mm. Do you think that's related to COVID or the fact that just you've life, got a small child? Just life. No, he's fine. He sleeps more than I do. Um, you were you were an unmarried man with unmarried childless man the last time we did this. <laughs> wow, that's how long ago it was. Wow. Gosh, anyway, we're here to talk about Arsenal, and we're going to kick off by just checking in on on the Brentford game. So the Brentford game, obviously, a, a, a cruise. Uh, first time we've ever played at Brentford. No recollection yeah, of the previous. First time. Um, talk to me about your view, your 360, no, no, your helicopter view, that's what I wouldn't mean to say. Your view from the top, like you're stepping back, you're looking at this game, Give me your your Reader's Digest. I enjoyed it immensely. Um, I know lots of people complain about the way City play and like strangle teams to death. Um, and I don't particularly enjoy it when City do it. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this a lot. 
Um, and I hope we do it to more teams, um, especially when we're live on Sky. That would be, mm. that would be ideal. How about you? Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed many elements of it. Um, like I agree, we suffocated them uh, from, the, from the first whistle. And unlike the last time we didn't play there, um, the crowd weren't given a chance to get into the game. Um, I think what's what's different about this attack uh, in particular is is that it can come from any angle. I think that was really well represented by the by the goals actually. So we had you know we had a set piece as we know we're now the most threatening set piece team in, in deadly, Europe. Deadly. Um, we had a striker uh, gobbling up goal in the six yard box more or less, and we had a long ranger from a midfielder. Um, you know, and that's that's not even to bring into account the threats we had from the left and the right. I just feel like you don't know where where the goals are going to come from. It's it's unpredictable in, in the best possible way, um, and I think that's quite exciting. Now you've mentioned them, yeah. We should probably touch on Gabriel Fernando de Jesus. Yeah, how does he make you feel? Yeah, I mean, I've you know I've gone on record, not on on, on the podcast because we haven't recorded for, but I have gone on record on Twitter. Um, sort of saying what's all the fuss about a few years ago um, with him. Famous, famous, yeah, famous statement. Yeah, Henry, Henry might pick that up. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, I've changed. Um, the world's changed. The world's changed. And I'm I'm big enough, broad enough shoulders to admit that, you know, I was wrong then. And he is truly the second coming. Um, I think what helps him, though, is he's, he's following Lacazette, right? And I mean, if you're going to follow a striker at Arsenal... You'd want it not to be Thierry Henry, Robin Van Persie, Alexis Sanchez. You'd want it to be Alex Lacazette, who, bless him, wasn't wasn't the best by the end, was he? Have we had if we had like great following great? I mean, I suppose I suppose Wright, Anelka, Henry. I don't know. Anelka Question. wasn't around for long enough, I suppose. But. Yeah, I mean, we did intersperse that with the odd Christopher Ray. Yeah, Davos Suke. Um, we lost Van Persie and replaced him with a combination of Giroud and Podolski, which wasn't lightning, mm. was it? And mm. then Sanchez after that, was it? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess he was a wide player. Yeah, so yeah, but our best—he was our top scorer, I think, wasn't he? Anyway, that's a good question, mate. One for another time, maybe. I feel I feel a real um, sort of quite deep love for Jesus, not not in a sexual way. I just. Um, I think in the I was, way you know, I was going to say. Yeah. I think in the way you know, very religious people profess their love for 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 Jesus, for God. That's how I very much feel about him. Um, is this um, always been the case, or is this? Just no, no. Like, it's funny. It really it really ramped up when he signed for Arsenal, mm-hmm. and then it ramped up to another level when he just started bouncing centre backs all over mm-hmm. the place and 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 hitting the top corner. Talk to him about the header. Yeah, I mean, um, decent ball in. But it's got very little power on it. So Jesus has to um, use all that neck muscle. He's very muscular, isn't he? He's very solid. He's sort of a a dense ball of muscle. Mm. Um, Yeah, and he he rips through it. Um, And he seems like such a lovely guy. Yeah. Well, he's got an edge, though, as we know, from Tim Stillman. Um, (laughs) Yeah, a lovely guy with an edge. um, Yeah, he's, he's, he's been unreal. Uh, he's doing. He's also doing the job of. It seems like about three people, mm. dropping deep, leading the line, and banging goals in. Yeah, if he was a Marvel superhero, he would be. He would be able to split himself in several, several parts. Yeah, 
Um, and he's got a social conscience as well, obviously. The, the Vinicius Jr., you know, he's solidarity with his brother. The, the dance. With the dance. Um, I saw that the Prime Minister of Spain has waded into that today because he's a big Atletico fan. Is he? Yeah. And he expressed his sadness. Wow. That Pretty shocking scene. I didn't realise Atletico Madrid have a hardcore neo-Nazi faction in their ultras. Yeah. Um, they should really sort of twin up with Chelsea. They could do some sort of exchange scheme. Like a, like a sort of, this town is twinned with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that was interesting. I think... I think um, We've done pretty well in the market. We're not going to we're not going to talk about signings because it's kind of old news. But we we've had a good summer. I think that's fair to say because even though we were minus Senchenko and minus Odegaard, we still had the depth in this game for that not to be remotely a problem. I don't think I'd even forgotten about it by the time we were at halftime because we were playing so well. Anyway, anyway, I, I digress. So Brentford was good. We talked about last time we spoke um, three years ago, if you remember it. Remember it well? Well, yeah, a little bit loosely. We talked a bit yeah. about we talked about Emery, and we took, we asked the question. I asked the question: What is Emery's style? What does he stand for? Because this was just after he'd he'd done his twenty-two game unbeaten run, and people asking the question: Do do we do we know what Arteta style is now? His the house style, as it were. Do we have that recipe down? And if so, what is it? Yeah, I mean, it seems to be pretty clear. Um, every, I mean, everyone thought he was going to be a Pep clone, and is he? Yeah, I mean, I think he he is in a way, but I also don't. Th- I mean, I don't know if you're seeing something different. It doesn't seem like a complete replica of City, at least not yet. Um, he seems to give a little bit more freedom to play. I mean, I don't know if you have you have you looked into this Grealish discourse at the moment. Mm. And someone was saying that Grealish was told, you know, you basically just stand out there on the touchline and you don't lose the ball. And and Grealish is good when he goes a bit rogue, which he did the other day. Um, but I feel like the other day, like Martinelli was popping up all over the field. Bukayo's been playing more central. Jesus obviously just goes everywhere. Um, you know, I think Fabio was quite free the other day. It doesn't feel to me like he's completely rigid in the way we, we attack. Well, often Pep is like into that sort of Swiss watchmaker isn't he where there's a fine choreography to absolutely mm. every every piece um, I I feel there's a there's a touch more arson like you, you're alluding to I think there's a touch more arson with Arteta yeah which I guess would make sense as an influence um, we didn't see that for a while though I think it's fair to say under Arteta we didn't see him uh, letting the the forwards the handbrake off. Yeah, well, I, I was didn't want to say it, yeah, but I did. I just went there. Yeah. <laughs> but just letting letting them do the the last bit themselves because um, he didn't trust them. Yeah, we do. I mean, that was a criticism this time last year, uh, if I remember, which I don't really. Um, so, how are you feeling? You know, six games, sorry, seven games, six wins, top of the league, obviously. Amazing. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling today? And then I want to sort of just tease you or tease a listener with your thoughts on how long this is going to go on and how far it can go. But how are you feeling today, first of all? Today I feel good. Um, I would feel I feel better if we'd played a couple more strong teams. But do you buy that narrative though? That 
it's all easy games? No, I don't think they're easy games, but I think, um, I don't know, if you compared it to Tottenham, I think Tottenham can say, you know, they've been away to, to Chelsea. Mm. They've been away to West Ham, even though they're doing pretty badly. West Ham, Tottenham's a big game. They both hate each other's mediocrity. Um, I, yeah, and I just feel like, you know, the one big game we did play, we didn't actually mess it up, even though we didn't play that badly. Mm. Um, but... Um, but equivalent fixtures last season when we just missed out on fourth. Uh, you know, we lost at Brentford. We lost at Palace, did we? Yeah, we lost at Palace. And obviously we, we won reasonably comfortably in the Palace game, very comfortably in Brentford. And then, you know, smashed smashed everyone at home pretty much. Yeah, in, I mean... At least in terms of... I feel like the way we replaced, the way we replaced um, Odegaard and, and Zinchenko on, on Sunday quite seamlessly if we had that if we had that replacement for party i feel like we could we could really go places but i feel like so much rests on his fitness we're just a different team when he plays um and his fitness not not his strong suit so this was a, this was a problem they obviously they tried to address so they know oh yeah douglas louise douglas louise they know it's a fallibility yeah. a, weak, a weak spot a heel of Achilles fame. Uh, yeah, how long? I mean, it's, it's kind of a weird season, though. So we've got a very dense October. See, do you think Party can play... Can he play... Every well, three days? We've got, we've got in that, is a lot of Europa. Yeah. Um, how many Europa? Three, four? Probably, th- probably three. Three, maybe four? Yeah. Um, so can he play, but yeah, basically every week? You'd, you'd hope so. I don't know. I mean, probably not, given his record. I want to ask you this, actually, because I, I, I've not really asked the group. What do you think of Sambi? Yeah, obviously very talented. Um, I don't think we've seen an, still enough of him to fully judge. Um, they seem to have, in pre-season, decided that he was going to be a s- eight, not a six. So, you know, in that game against whoever it was, uh, Florida or Miami or one of those, he was playing eight and playing well. I think there's less pressure or less responsibility on the eights defensively, which is probably good for him um, because we know that that sixth position, the single six, is a really hard position mm. to play. Um, probably one you need when you've got a bit more experience. Because El Neni must be out till New Year. So they haven't they? actually said anything about El Neni, have they? It sounded like a bad hamstring. Other than it's bad, but they haven't said how bad. Because he's only got till the end, till June, till his contract's up anyway. And if he's going to miss half of that, I mean, I guess that's why they're in for Luis. We'll have to check in on Dr. Raj. Cause Dr. Raj will have a clear opinion, won't he? Um, anyway, yeah, so uh, I, I think sammy has got a lot of potential. I just think he's still very, very naive for the league um, he needs more minutes he needs he needs Europa I mean the Europa this league sorry this season is a real godsend in that respect because we're going to get to see a lot of those periphery players we, who didn't get a look in last season like you're going to get more Eddie you're going to get more Marquinhos you're going to get more Vieira you're going to get more Holding not that that's particularly interesting but you know, you're going to get more Sambi all these guys who need the minutes to more Fabio uh, yeah, more Fabio to to hopefully progress. Let's, let's not forget that's what Smith Rowe did. That's what Saka did. Amazingly, they got those minutes in these 
you know these vital six games. But you've also got the man. You also got the man who's totally vaulted Europa straight into the first team. Is it William Saliba? Mm. Talks me. Wow. I mean, we thought we would. We thought we'd sort of fuck this up, didn't we? <clears throat> with Saliba, Gunnerblog famously thought he would never come back from us. He went really big on that. He, yeah, he, he went big he, on he, that. He was big on that. Uh, I don't think anyone saw he'd be this good this quickly, though. I mean, it's still quite. I mean, his he's got this thing, which is his his physique, his presence. You know, so when 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 Nelson Mandela walked into a room, when President Obama walks into a room. Nelson Mandela was surprisingly tall. Was he? Yeah. When a little like Saliba. When uh, also a very good dancer. When give me another one. Um, I'll come back to you another one. <laughs> yeah, when these people walk into a room, they have a certain quality that it's you know you is, you can't put it in words. So you're comparing him to Obama and Mandela. I'm just saying they have a certain. I'm not great not black, directly. Great, great, great statesman. Great black leaders. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not um, comparing them. I'm just saying when they walk into a room, there's a there's a sort of presence. And I go back to that photo of Didier Deschamps welcoming Saliba to the French squad for the first time. And Didier Deschamps, World Cup winner, France coach, been there, seen 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 it, done it. Uh, he was visibly bored. Is that a word? Uh, I'm not sure that's a word, but I think you go with it. <laughs> Uh, overwhelmed yeah, really. yeah by his presence wowed yeah is wowed a word wowed's a word yeah. um, he was yeah he, he was shooketh yeah uh, by by this this great figure and I, I think Philippe's got that quality, that Van Dyke if you want to pull it down to a more mundane yeah. level that Van Dyke Van Dyke uh, Dick Van Dyke quality um, just a just a great presence a unique energy you know hell of an aura He's got, um, and, he, and he transmits that on the pitch, you know. I mean, Ivan Tony looks quite scary in most games. I didn't, I didn't even notice him. No, Barely him, notice him. Him and Gabriel did so well against Tony. But this is the thing is, like, Gabriel was our standout sort of defender for the last couple of years. And Saliba just sort of makes him look like another defender to me. I mean, Gabriel's a great defender, I think. But Saliba's a star. Saliba's got this, this special summer summit. Talking of Gabriel. Yeah. Do you know what Saliba's middle names are? Uh, Gabriel. Indeed, another Gab- We actually have yeah. another Gabriel. Yes, I knew that. It's yeah. William Alain Andre Gabriel Saliba. Andre. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yes, yeah, so there's four. Yeah. Isn't it weird though that that's my name and I support Arsenal? There might be more. I'm, I'm yeah. not checked the middle names of everyone else. And then yeah, and yet there's. Have we checked Zinchenko's middle name? He <laughs> right, might be Gabriel in there. Have you seen? Have you seen his uh, misses? What did you make of his misses? Uh, yeah, she's a journalist, right? No, don't know. You're not sure? No. Um, she, I think she's a journalist. Um, and uh, yeah, like a, she, like a broadcast journalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She seems seems like a lovely person. From she's what got I've, a face for TV. Mm, from what I've gathered from her Instagram, she seems like a lovely person. Yeah, and they've got a child together. A welcome addition to the, the Arsenal family. To the stable. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Saliba. So give me your your view on Saliba just to to wrap this up. He makes me feel wonderful. But when he's, you know, the TV screen. Very often, it won't, you don't see the attacking half of the pitch, and he's got the ball, and you're a bit like, "Where's he going here?" And then he plays the pass, and suddenly it's straight to the feet of Jesus or 
Bukayo or probably our number 10. And I'm, and I'm like, how did he look so calm doing that? And then I feel calm. And uh, you can't really put a price on that. I'm trying to think of the last Arsenal centre-back who made me feel calm. Because I loved Koscielny, but he didn't make me feel calm. No, he wasn't a calmer. He was a, no. he put out fires, whereas Saliba just, well, there wouldn't be a fire anywhere near. See, like, Per was very calm, but yeah. I didn't feel calm because I knew if he me- messed up, he couldn't recover. Probably your closest is Campbell. Maybe. Probably your closest. But it's not really a like-for-like. No. He's just super smooth. He's so smooth. He's kind of like Van Dyke, but but smoother. Yeah, and obviously he's rattled Van Dyke now. It's really, he's really good. I didn't, really, I didn't think, I didn't see this mental fragility in Van Dyke until Saliba turned up. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's quite, it's quite shocking, isn't it? Uh, he's really got got it inside his head. Um, I'm yeah. kind of looking forward to seeing him play for France. I'm just a bit worried that he'll um, he'll attract too much attention too soon before yeah. we've locked him down. I think that horse is bolted. What do you mean? I think the attention's there now. Oh, right. Madrid must be all over it. What him. would you pay for him if you were uh, Eddie now and he was just playing for Marseille and we wanted to get him? No more than £27 million. Not a penny more. <laughs> Maybe £27 million and one pound. But if Fafana's worth £70 I mean, and he got he got sent for a hot dog by uh, Gabby Martinelli. Did they know to pay more than £70 for Fafana? He was in that ballpark. He was in that ballpark. He's Bruce Saliba's probably the first hundred million pounds. Seventy million they paid for Fana. He's barely played for Leicester. He's has been he, injured most of it. Has he played for Chelsea yet already? Yeah, he's he played. Yeah, yeah. I heard um, just with complete subject flip, but I heard Orba's been a bit average for Chelsea. I've not seen it, but someone was saying to me he just looks sort of fairly disinterested and yeah, not that fast. Sorry, that was me shrugging. It doesn't yeah. translate that well. Obviously, he'll score against us, but yeah. Um, okay, okay, then. Let's have a little break now. We're going to pick up now on uh, a different a, a figure who's been a controversial figure, a polemic uh, within the, the dressing room. Um, I've got a question in here from the group. Um, this is... Tom Natal saying, I've never been a Shaka fan, but even I have to admit his performances lately have made me sit up and think differently. Um, interesting words there from Tom. Um, I think nice of Tom to admit that he's been overly harsh on yeah, the planet at times. Yeah, yeah. He's not the only one, to be fair. Not to the him. only one. Um, but what do you make of Granite Shaka and his recent recent form? I like a redemption story. Yeah. I think we all like that on some level. And um, he seemed genuinely moved at Brentford when the fans were singing his name. What was the song exactly? They, you know that Palace song they sing? No. You know the Palace fans do that song? They sing that song. I, can't, I don't know what the actual name is. And we've changed it to, we've got Granite Xhaka, we've got Granite... Mm-hmm. I don't know what the original song is. Oh, is it? Love all over. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like um, Frank all night. I I thought he was amazing against Brentford. He was really good. And I think he's been, every time I've seen him this year, he's been great. I loved his sister, Jesus. Mm. Maybe, there was a couple of times on on Sunday when Party, they they had like two or three people trying to press Party. And he just moved out of the way, got rid of it. And then Xhaka and Fabio and everyone else have got so much room. And Xhaka's revelling in that. 
Is that is that the key? I mean, well, yeah. How? What do you put it down to? Where's this come from? This uh, redemption. Uh, I don't know. We'd have to ask Mikel, but uh... what's he, what's he done differently? What's he doesn't look as he he doesn't look as panicked when he's on the ball. I mean, obviously he he he, was, he knows as we know his weaknesses. Is he doesn't have the quickest feet. He doesn't turn as easily. He's got a bit more time on the ball. He's playing in a less dangerous part of the pitch. Is it is it is it that that he's just not as deep? It could be. It could be. You, you don't see him on picking up the ball off mm. the centre backs as much. You see him getting it from the party or from the full backs. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't work it out specifically, but it just seems like it's accentuating all his strengths yeah. and minimising his weaknesses. Um, the other thing I thought he did really well the other day is he stood in front of Gabriel. When they launched it to Tony or whoever the other guy is, is, is Granite stood in front of Gabriel and made sure that they just didn't get a clear header on it, which made me think, I really hope him and Party are fit for Tottenham. But we've got we've got size. Yeah. Like, we didn't look... Size matters. We've yeah, it's my wife's always always telling me. Mm. I mean, we we've got yeah, we've got big boys, big lads. Big, we've got um, Saliba six four, Gabriel six three, Party six, Shaka six. Ben White's reasonably tall. Ben White's six one, I think. Tommy must be. Tommy six two. Uh, what else you want? That's I mean. That's... Have you seen Gabriel Jesus's leap? Yeah, he was being much, much bigger man. He's five nine. Yeah, particularly at the back post, which Tim Stillman will. He tell loves you, the back post, but... but he's got an incredible leap. I don't think it's really been um, written about. No, if you watch him, he does, he does very well for his size. I mean, he's a, he's an athlete, absolute athlete. Um, so we don't know what's caused Jacko. Is what you're saying? We don't know where it's come from. I don't know exactly where it's come from, but just on 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 Granite as we were on his redemption, I noticed this today, and um, we might touch on Ethan a bit later. Young Ethan, how do you say his second name? Manwery. Is that Manwery? Man. Manwery. I'm not totally sure, but um, Nwaneri. I've 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 got it yeah. totally wrong there. Um, but Granite's been coaching him. Yes, in the under sixteen. In the under sixteens. Yeah. So not only is he bossing the midfield at the moment he's bringing through the next generation so is this what we've got to look forward to is many year, many more years of Shaka in the club player coach maybe yeah. after Mikel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's all very good so far isn't it this so so where's we talked we touched earlier on, on, on no cover for party I think that's legitimate Where where's this going to go wrong mate come on this is, this is not going to go it surely can't go on like this we're not going to we're not going to stay top of the league forever like where 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 are the weaknesses in this team? Where are the little you know the little chinks of misery? I feel like the uh, the chasing the game at Old Trafford with a high line was a bit of was a bit alarming. Mm-hmm. We didn't do that brilliantly. That third goal was a bit shocking, wasn't it? Third goal was a bit shocking. Um, I mean, again, there was no party that day. Yes. So, um, I think that's probably and also we. I mean, we scored quite a lot of goals, but I wouldn't say we're ruthless in front of goal at the moment I mean we've been pretty pretty damn good but maybe in games where we only get one or two chances mm-hmm. I'm not sure but that's a, that's a you're nitpicking there really okay so nothing just Thomas Partick again to that's yeah I feel like it's I feel like it's party I also feel like I really like Ramsdale and I thought his passing the day was amazing <laughs> mm-hmm. but I think he's the kind of keeper who's going to who's going to make a mistake 
because that's just the style. Uh, also, I mean, his backup's not proven, is he? And he's not getting rave reviews. Turner. He looked a bit dodgy in the Europa game. That's quite harsh, but yeah, I, I actually have it's a, a bit of a drop off. I actually think with Ramsdale, one thing, and it was really noticeable in the United game, is I don't think he plays sweeper. I don't think he plays high enough. Mm. When if if we're playing on the halfway line, which we did in that game, when we were chasing it, there's then like forty yards between him and our last line mm. for someone to drop a pass into. And I I could be wrong about this, but I feel like when you watch Neuer for Bayern, he's he's almost stood like halfway in his half. He's quite freakish though. Edison he? stands out. Okay. Like Allison. So I feel like Ramsdale. He's such a good footballer. I feel like he could play higher. Mm. And then you've got to play the perfect through ball. Mm. I mean the fact that Bruno Fernandes. That's not going to. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Want to, I don't want to bring this down. No, I don't bring this no. Down. <laughs> Sorry, it's good of you. Um, all right, we'll, we'll we'll leave we'll leave that there. I think I think that's. I think we've got the point. Um, I've got another question from the group. So this is from Daz. So Daz says, "Don't you think we've been playing great since we started playing North London forever before the games?" What, hashtag what a tune. Um, so yeah. that's come from yeah. from Dazzler. Obviously, a big fan of the. The new hymn, the new anthem. Yeah. Would you make? What do you make of that as an addition? Yeah, I mean, I know he's been banging the drum for it, but um, I find it a bit odd. I don't mind it generally, but I do think it's a bit odd. It's a bit, it's a bit forced. But you know, if if it makes the fans happy and the atmospheres from those of you who've been to the stadium, which mm. I haven't been mm. recently, mm. sounds like it's rocking. So you know, if that's helping. It's quite. A, it's quite. A, if it's keeping Dazzler happy, yeah, but it's quite. A, it's quite a sort of emo tune, you know. It's yeah. not that uplifting. No, but stylistically, yeah. What would you go for? Um, probably like uh, a house, you know, sort of dance house. Yeah, anthem, or I wasn't going there actually. Sandstorm by Derude. Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe that. Maybe that. Um, Beyonce broke my soul. Um, no, no, it wasn't good. Maybe um, some Taylor Swift. Mm. Something like that. Yeah, like it would a, be like a love ballad. Uh, or um, some Ed Sheeran. Yeah, yeah, that, that gets, gets the crowd. Yeah, yeah, everyone. Loves he a bit packs out Wembley, that guy. So yeah, everyone loves a bit of that. Yeah, probably something like that. Um, cool. I think I think I'd like to just pivot slightly now um, to look at all or nothing. Uh, obviously we haven't had the chance to talk about this I found it a fascinating insight into the, the dressing room culture obviously uh, there's been a lot of commentary around it so far um, you know we, we it was a privilege I found a privilege um, to get that level of that level of insight into uh, the, the, the dressing room dynamics how Mikel prepares his team what he looks out for I thought his style was very very interesting I thought effective as well mostly Um I'm going to ask you, like, you know, what did you make of some of the critiques online about about his, I guess, more gimmicky, uh, prop-driven sort of antics around dressing room uh, team talks? But, you know, the Liverpool anthem he, he played on the pitch, there was the light bulb one, things like that. What did you make of that stuff out of interest? How did you feel when watching that? Yeah, the, man? the light bulb one did seem odd. Um, but what I'm, what I think, what I was glad about was that it worked from a stage, you know, from a production design point of view. Is that mm. when they needed to plug it in, it came yes. on because I think you know those of us who who, who do things like that realise that that can go wrong. And that really would take the take the 
take the wind out of mm-hmm. your sail. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the Liverpool one was pretty odd. So you weren't really on board with these. I've got to say, I don't the think thing is, though, I played playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. He's got to do these fifty times a year. Yeah, yeah. He's got, and he's basically got to get the same result, which is he's got to get them g'd up before the kickoff. Yeah. He's got to get them focused on the task in hand. He's got to get them focused on maybe like two or three key messages because you can't give them more than that, right? At that point, yeah. Because you've loaded them up with with strategy and tactics all week yeah you've got that window to g them up and you can't give them the same message every week so how do you give them motivation when they are all of a very certain mindset which is all you know elite sports the sportsmen who are focused on achievement and whatever how do you refresh that is this is is what is what yeah. I want to know? Uh, it must be really difficult. How, how do you keep that message fresh yeah. to get the same motivation out at the end of it? I didn't mind the light bulb. Are you? Were you backtracking a bit? Well, no, I didn't mind it, but I didn't. I thought the Liverpool thing was weird, but I w- I did find it interesting that he talked about the one time in his career that he went AWOL on the pitch. Yeah, which is a game that I sadly remember watching very well. I don't remember that. I think you were we there. Lost. It was post Willie T. <laughs> Post Willie T, I remember being sat in the junction. Sadly, to my left in the junction was James Gorman and Nicholas Savage. Yeah. And I very clearly remember we were top of the league. And it was like... We didn't turn up. February, maybe? Or like late. And we were 4-0 down within like 10 minutes. And we could have been 6 down. Yeah. Um, and he, I think he played in the middle with Jack. And they just they ran through us like it was it was like a dam that had burst. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was extraordinarily painful. But um, I actually really liked the team talk he gave before the Liv- I think it was the Liverpool game in that where he said let's have a beautiful evening and he told the story about um, how he um, bagged his misses. Yes, and I thought that was a I thought that was a nice. If I'd have been listening, I mean, well, I was listening to it on the show. I tell you, I tell you what matters to me about these these dressing rooms. It, it's not what he says actually is actually all about how you read their reaction and how they react yeah and to a man they are absolutely focused on what he's saying and they don't look bored and they don't look like they're taking the piss out of him they look like they're fully bought in do you think Orba took took the piss out of him you know when he did the thing I thought that was in good humour actually I thought afterwards. I thought it was in good humour, but there was a little slight. Just cause obviously we're looking at needle. it. We're looking at it through the prism of what happened. So it's gonna yeah. be, I thought there was just a little bit where, like, in the back of his head, when Mikel was originally doing it, Orba might have been thinking this is a bit stupid. But he's quite chill. So. The thing is, though, I mean, he's clearly transformed the culture of the club. Mm-hmm. He came in with that job in mind. He came in to um, bring the standards up. He came in to not accept a level of comfort that had been uh, become sort of come to characterise the latter day Wenger years. You know the crash it was called, right? Um, so the comfort he wanted to remove, he wanted to remove that feeling of like fourth or fifth is enough, and he wanted to make it more collective. He wanted to bring in the crowd and make the crowd a component like Klopp did very successfully although rather um we I mean when I say we, yeah when I say but, we I remember me taking the piss out of Klopp for doing that yeah but he was also I mean 
he proves in the pudding, right? He's been massively successful. So I don't know. I, th- I feel like he's been. I think he's achieved cultural reform by this point. And obviously, saying that seven games in, blah blah. But we saw it coming. We've seen it at the end of the last season, or even last season. The mentality. There's a def- there's a different messaging coming out of the of the team. They behave differently. They're more professional. They look like they really give a shit. They work hard. They work really hard on the field. You feel like they're, they don't have that many off days or days when they're not really... I mean, look at Leicester now. Every day is an off day for those guys. You know, they're, lo- they're lost as a team, as a squad. That's your man, your man Brendan. Yeah. You've turned on him. I'm not. I just I just feel like... He's run his course. Good so. things come to an end. Do you think... I always, I always wait for a journalist in the press conferences to ask Mikel this. I feel... And maybe I've just put two and two together and, and come up with a large number that a lot of this comes from when he was a player at Arsenal I mean like he was very very serious he was very yeah. professional he was very dedicated great and abs great abs yeah he, was, he always looked good but he, I always felt even when he was captain he was looking at some of our players even some of our lavishly talented players and looking at them a bit like I don't really think you're putting in 110 and it felt to me like ever since he took over with us, he was talking about all this stuff that you've just mentioned, but in a very, like, I watched it slide a bit when I was here. Totally. A little bit. Yeah, we, were totally. still a, we, were still totally. good, we were still a good team when he was here. But, and, and he's like, I'm going to get rid of all of that. Mate, look, at the, look at the emblems of his team and look at the emblems of the last 10 years. You've got Ozil versus Erdegaard. So, talent-wise, both very talented. Debate over who's more, but not not interested in that. But look at the work rate. Look at the look mm. at the work ethic. It's, it's not really a comparison. And then look at over over versus Jesus. You know the work yeah. the work rate of these guys is clearly favours that as a you know as an extension of his personality. But yeah, it's definitely him. It's him. It's starting. It's starting to mould it in his image. I th- I just think it's we've kind of shouldn't underestimate how difficult it is to change the culture of, a, of an organisation. I know Tom will respect that. Did you have any standout moments from the All or Nothing, other than the team talks? Um, I thought there was some nice barbecuing action, you know, they got, when they went to his house and I, they showed him grilling up. Yeah, I thought, I thought Eddie's... I was trying to work out where he lived. Little Islington. Eddie, do you think? Maybe Canterbury. Mm. No, Arteta, sorry. Arteta. Oh, Arteta. Canterbury. I thought his wife was lovely. You don't think he's a bit of Hampstead, maybe? I just felt a bit more towny than uh, that. Yeah. Possible. Um, he's got to get if he's in Islington, he's got to get up to Colney every morning. That's quite it's a bit of a bit of a yeah. commute, is it? But I, yeah, it just looked it looked a bit more urban than yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, it could be wrong. Um, which would put him as a neighbour to like Dominic Cummings, unfortunately. Mm. They're in the same sort of yeah. catchment area. That's true. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that's not the case. Um, other stand-up moments I'm trying to think I mean you know the picture they painted of Ober wasn't particularly three-dimensional uh, so I, I don't know we've got one side of the story but um, he kind of was everything you thought he would be you know turning up in matching gold to match his car and mm. sort of he didn't come across I was disappointed with Lacquer I thought he would have more presence what do you think of the Lacquer Cedric Showdown that sort of that would probably a bit be nothing, wasn't it? I think that would be a sort of maybe a middleweight or a light middleweight <laughs> fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't be wouldn't be top of the card. 
No, I li- I like the bits where Mikhail got angry. Yeah, I like the bits when he got angry. I thought that was. I like the bit about when I lose a duel, I'm upset. Fogging, fogging upset. Because that's what we would say if the fans, if you we were yeah. in there, we'd be like, "Why are you losing all these duels?" Well, I would. I don't like. I don't like it when I see the players losing I, duels. I spoke to some people who were not Arsenal fans and at work. One was a Man U fan, and he was very complimentary on on Arteta. I've actually. I think he came out really well of it, and yeah. also the timing was perfect for winning so many games now. Yeah, it I, looks yeah. like his methods are being, you know, borne out or yeah, whatever the phrase yeah. is. Yeah, I've heard from a few rival fans who aren't don't seem to be terrible people. They've all been very positive. They've all said they really liked Arteta after it. I mean, he's incredibly intense. Mm. Incredibly intense and like slightly, I mean, exhausting. Mm. But then at the top of football, shouldn't that be the case? Do you think he could manage Big stars like that. Like who? I don't know. I mean, say, well, I mean, Orbers. Benzema. Orbers, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about like... Bale. If you, Real Madrid. If you went to Real Madrid. Um, like I suppose at the moment... Pa- Paris Saint-Germain. Real Madrid are quite young. Yeah, could you manage Could you manage Messi and Mbappe? I don't think anyone that level really of intensity? I mean, Ancelotti is the only one who comes to mind because his approach is almost the opposite, isn't it? Mm. He sort of cedes control... Um, I don't, does it like yeah. a diplomat? No, I don't. I don't think that's Mikel somehow. But I think young young players love it. Good players who want to prove themselves love it. I think he was really motivating. Yeah, I felt motivated. I'd want to. I'd want to play. For I'd him. want to play for him. Yeah, and I'd, I'd be like, scared if I lost the duel. I'd be. I'd be. Yeah, I'd be. I'd be scared. Um, interesting. Okay, so let's let's have a little break now, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about some of the, the questions from the lads. <laughs> Right, so now I want to ask you an important question I meant to ask you earlier, Adrian. Would Mikel Arteta have had the success he's having now if he'd come as he almost did before Emery, as in immediately succeeding Arsene Wenger? Just to help you answer that, I'm going to pop up. This is Emery's first team. So this is against Man City, uh, Petr Cech, uh, back four of Bellerin, Mustafi, remember him? Yeah. Socrates, Maitland-Niles, left back. And then he had a midfield three, Gwendouzi, uh, Shaka, Ramsey. And then a front three of Ozil, Mkhitaryan, I completely forgot about him, Aubameyang. So that was what Emery inherited. On paper, that looks quite a decent team. It's not that bad, actually, is it? I mean, the bench doesn't look up to too much. Bench, you've got uh, Leno... Who'd just come in, I imagine. Yeah. Rob Holding, uh, Licksteiner, uh, Elneny, Torreira, Iwobi, Lacazette. And they had a lot fewer subs than that, so a very small bench. Um, so that's, 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 um, that was Emery's first team. What do you, what do you make of that, mate? I mean, that back 4 5 is not setting my world on fire. Did you want Mikel to come in after? You know, well, I, was, I, I think you might have done. Yeah, I was ha- I was happy for him to come in. I didn't want him because he was an unknown. Yeah. I didn't like want him. Yeah, he was an unknown element, but I was I was prepared to see what he was yeah, about. I was the same. I was keen for it. I mean, I just think he would have. That's not a terrible team on paper. It's not a terrible team. No. I did, it, it's not. I don't think it's a team who would have responded that well to him, would it? Because it's a lot of like 
guys who are at the in the second half of their career. You've got you've got a lot of similarities with with the team he uh, inherited here. So this is Mikel's first team. Leno in goal, uh, Saka left back. Yeah. Uh, Luis Socrates again, Maitland Niles again, Shaka again, Torreira this time's off the bench and in midfield. And you've also got Urzel, Aubameyang, Lacazette, and then Reese Nelson. Don't know. I don't bench up here. So, yeah, it's going back to my question. Do you think Arteta? How do you think he would have done if he'd come in straight away? We'd not had that eighteen months or whatever, or two years of Emery. How long do we have? Eighteen months or something? Yeah, it's really difficult to say because he definitely would have tried the same thing, wouldn't he? He would have tried to clear them out. But, but Arteta, in his when he came in halfway through the season, he was he was pretty practical. If you remember, he played three at the back against Chelsea and City, didn't he? Maitland Niles as left wing back. Yeah. I think and we, we played really well actually for a few of those clutch games in the FA Cup run. It's noticeable looking at that team, the difference, one of the main differences between Emery's first team and uh, Arteta's first team is Louise. Yeah. And we don't need to relitigate my feelings about David Louise, but you just can't play Arteta ball without a centre back who can pass, can you? I don't think you can play Arteta ball without a centre back who can run backwards. Because cause if you remember with with Luis and Socrates, we had to play 20 yards deeper. Yeah, yeah so there's that. So you, so you can't pressure the ball as high up because you create these big gaps in midfield. Yeah. And then you're asking Shaka to cover those gaps. And we know what happens when Shaka has to cover massive spaces. But also Emery, because I remember the first thing, one of the first things Emery tried to do was play out from the back with Peter Cech, which was just complete mm-hmm. disastrous. Oh, yeah. I think. And, you, and how, how do you play out from the back with, I mean, Mustafi wasn't the worst footballer in the world, but Socrates couldn't pass the ball. Yeah. Cech couldn't. Uh, Maitland Niles wasn't the coolest and, and then Hector, Hector was okay and he could definitely <laughs> run with the ball but he's not also not not a technician there's not a lot you can do with that I would have liked to have seen what Mikel did with Ramsey though I feel like in this current formation this is a question I was thinking about asking was who you, who you take from players we've let go in the last few years and I wonder with, with the formation we've got I feel like Ramsey would have been perfect fit as a number eight going box to box which is what Shaka does and Odegaard does now if you imagine him really playing to his strengths rather than what tends to happen with Ramsey we play him as uh, in a double pivot we play him as a 10 and we play him on the wing mm. and I feel like he'd be an amazing eight. I mean admittedly his fitness is a massive issue but um, I would have liked to see what Arteta did with, with Ramsey I feel like Ramsey playing off Gabriel Jesus would, would work pretty well. Yeah, high intensity, hard runner. Gabriel Jesus. Box to box, but he, he gets back and he tackles. Yeah. Ooh, I, was just, I was thinking as well, Jesus often vacates the middle as well and comes on the left and Ramsey would just go straight in there. But yeah. Yeah, I think he said something today, didn't he? There was a, a Times article with Ramsey where he said, I don't know what happened at Arsenal. We didn't offer him, we didn't offer him a contract. Something like that. And he said he's got no bad feelings, but he, he wasn't sure. Um yeah, I mean, I thought that 2014 team, which had a load of technicians and then Ramsey running off the ball, yeah. was when we played some of our best football under later Arson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And maybe that would happen um, here. I mean, when you watch uh, Fabio and Martin Odegaard play, you sort of gives you shades of the best of Mesut. A Mesut who cared might be very interesting but then he probably wouldn't work hard enough off the ball for this system mm. but still um, 
Interesting, interesting. I'm going to ask you a bit about um, young Ethan Norneri. I don't know how to pronounce that, but that's my best guess. You did better than I did. Ethan Norneri. So, uh, obviously came on, he's the youngest ever Premier League player, which is pretty mental given how long the Premier League's been going, which is, what, 20-odd years? Uh, is that right? 30 years, 30 years, 30 years, 30, 30 years. years. That just, that's pretty. That's quite something. I mean, it doesn't happen every day. You get someone that young, 181 days or something, 15 years. Or he he's getting suddenly. There's a lot of noise around him, right? So his his coach, the former coach, has come out and said, "This guy can do everything. This guy is something special." Do how seriously do you think we take take this debut as a as a signal of what's to come? Well, before I had, I think I heard the Ask Cast where they were wondering if it might have been a bit of a gimmick. Yeah. Someone asked a question if it was like a thing about Ivan Tony just to put him in his place, which I think is a bit far fetched. Mm. Um I my first reaction when Mikel did it was I was like, oh this is a bit of arson. Like he's he's getting to the stage now where he's comfortable enough that he thinks he can introduce a young kid when the match is already won. That um, is a bit of arson, you're right. It's very arson um, what did you make of Danny Murphy's comments when he said, surely they've got other 18, 19, 20-year-olds who are further ahead in their development who could have gone on the bench? I try as best as possible to not listen to Danny Murphy mm-hmm. if I can. Um, but, it, I mean, we probably do have very good 18 and 19-year-olds, although I imagine like someone like Patino's out on loan. A lot of them have gone on loan that's kind of how it works Danny Murphy but sometimes you get a kid who's just magic don't you mm. Like, well Jack Wilshire made his debut around 16 didn't he Fabregas not long after well it's funny you mention that Gabs because can you remember <laughs> the game Jack made his debut in no away to Blackburn Rovers don't remember that do you remember the score no I don't remember that we won 4-0 do we Should I get, uh, and had a buy or hat trick what year is this so this is 2008, September 2008. Wow. Shall I, shall I give you the team or do you want to have a stab at the team? No, I, I, this, is, this is not ringing any bells. Almunia in goal, a back four of Sanya, Toure, Galas, Clichy. Okay. A midfield of Abue, Sesk, Danielson, and Theo playing left wing. Really? And Theo, this is the, the week after Theo scored a hatter for England in Croatia. He did score... That goal where he took really early on the break away in Europe from the left wing. Do you remember that? He took yes. it. He was put through and he had the whole of the, the whole of the pitch and he hit it really early and it beat the keeper. Yeah, I mean, that was from a left wing position. I can't remember who that was against. No, but I, I was the first goal in this game from Van Persie. Theo dribbles about three people off the left wing and then passes it to Van Persie. Wow. Almost unrecognisable from the player who finished with us. Well. Um, and then up front you had uh, Van Persie and Adebayor who were both a bit unplayable at this stage Yeah. and off the bench you had Alex Song who came on for Theo Yeah. you had a 17 year old Aaron Ramsey wow. who came on for a so he, he'd signed just from Cardiff then about then and, we and, got him ahead of United didn't we yeah. and, he got, so. and he got an assist in that game and then you had Jack who came on for Van Persie for his debut yeah, unused on the bench, Fabianski, Juru, Bentner, and what must have been a very young Kieran Gibbs. Gosh, um, I don't think there's any particular. What sort of time of year was this? Sorry, September. September. Okay. No, no particularly notable names in the Blackburn team. Do they have Morton Gunsperson? They did have Morton Gunsperson. They had Christoph Samba, who of course was, yeah, was a long big signing to us. Big, big money. Roque Sanz Cruz up front, who I don't remember mm. much, but I seem to remember he's pretty handsome. Very handsome, Parag. 
Maguire. Mm. I think he was. Mm. So yeah, interesting. Okay, no, I don't remember. That. I remember. I remember Fabregas coming on because I think I had the DVD that year of uh, the season review, and they 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 announced him as, or the commentator announced him as Fabrice Fabregas. Mm. Wrongly, yeah, that is wrong. Um, he came on and scored, I think, you know, like a seven nil win against Doncaster at home or something. Wonderful, wonderful days. Uh, anyway. Uh, so, so how how seriously are we taking the Ethan then, just to bring this back home? Well, do you think he'll get a do you think he'll get a look in in the Europa? I feel yes. I was considering this because of the density, like I said before, of, of the fixtures in October. Surely he's being brought in with a view to playing some role in those UEFA games, sorry Europa League games. Surely he's going to pop up. Um, because we're so light, particularly in the field, which is, I believe, where he plays. He looks pr- quite big for a 15-year-old. For a 15-year-old, he looks not like a kid. He looked like he might be slightly bigger than Fabio Vieira. Fabio Vieira is quite pigeon-chested, isn't he? But he seemed, did seem, he seemed to deal with it fine. And now we mentioned Fabio, we should probably just talk about his, his um, the bromance with Gabby. Yeah. Do you think, because they're very tactile, it's yeah. quite homoerotic. Something going on there. Do you think there I hope is? So. I hope so. Yeah. More of that. I'd like more of that. Mm. Um, he was great, wasn't he? He just slotted in, he just slotted straight in. He looks class. Lovely yeah. left foot. Yeah, good brain. But one of the best. First... He doesn't stop moving. He doesn't stop moving. I noticed that he was just he was continually looking for space, looking for passes. One of the best debut goals. I mean, it's got to be over there, isn't it? Meza had a very good first goal. Did he score in his debut? Sorry, not debut because this wasn't Fabio's debut, was it? He came on. It was his full debut. Full debut. Well, I mean, one of the best, like, first Arsenal goals. Full debut Arsenal goals, though. Mm, Not that many of those. I remember Lacquer got a header on his first... Didn't Podolsky score a free kick? Oh, man, you're Look at this next time. Look at this next time. Um, So now, uh, Ethan, we're going to call him Ethan. It's easier. Hopeful that he'll play some role, and we'll we'll see a bit more of him. Um, Final question before we we knock this on the head, mate. Um comes from Jamie you know we talked a bit more about threats how this is going to go wrong his what his question is don't you think Tottenham are playing great uh they must be they must be pretty they're, they're buoyant in Jamie's Tottenham WhatsApp group yeah have you watched much of them I've not watched them I've only seen the highlights of the games um, from, it looked like they should have lost they certainly definitely should have lost to Chelsea because there's horrible refereeing decisions they probably could have lost to West Ham and they weren't four goals better than Leicester I'm going to take that for free yeah but um, they concede a lot of the ball a lot of territory a lot of possession and a lot of shots they're kind of doing the opposite of us at the moment they are struggling and winning and we're thriving in winning I thought the way in the first twenty minutes against Brentford, to me, they set up like Spurs set up. They were all everyone behind the ball, and we had it. And then they tried to break where they've got you know their talents at the top of the pitch. Yeah, and I just thought I, is- I do worry a bit about that when we play them. I mean, throwing an eye ahead to to the the game at the beginning of October, the derby. How are you feeling about that, mate? I think. Uh, it reminds me a bit of. Do you remember Emery's second home derby? The first one was very memorable. We won four two. But do you remember his second one? It was a completely chaotic two all draw. Where yeah. I think we went two down. 
Uh, and that game just felt like it was in the balance. Like every minute of the game was in the balance. It could have gone either way. And I don't know why, even though we're a much better team now and they're probably a better team as well, um, it sort of feels like uh, it, this might be just really tense and in the balance. Yeah, it feels like one of those ones which could go either way. I, what What I feel more comfortable about is the home advantage. Uh, I, I feel like the crowd will be really imposing. I think our, I think our crowd has been phenomenal the last sort of six twelve months. I mean, no one's really reported on it yet. But when you <clears throat> when I went to um, the post lockdown games, I'm thinking even like Norwich after that run uh, when we lost three in a row beginning of last season, the atmosphere was amazing. I remember thinking like, this is like a sleepy Saturday kickoff, and yet. There's more optimism, more noise here than I, I can remember for a long time, and that sort of carried on. Um, I think for this, for, for these, for these big games, it's, it's up a notch. You know, for the United game when we battered them last season, the atmosphere was incredible, and they were they they looked cowed, they looked intimidated, and rightly so. And I, I think that is going to make the difference. Actually, how do you think um, Kane will get his penalty this time? Uh, who's refereeing? Probably Paul Tierney. Um, maybe it will be uh, like Saliba hugging someone, and that being interpreted as a penalty. I think a son dive looks good. To yeah, me. it'll be like it'll be a sort of the one they the one they always do is they they hook it up to the back post and then just throw a few white shirts at it. And one of those white shirts gets caught up in red, and that's that's all they need. Yeah, and they're good. For, if Kudelski plays, he's got good delivery to that back post. Yeah, they they, 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 they chuck it into the back post, and then they just sort of charge at it, fall over. It's, yeah, it's quite a good tactic. Um, any real like hate figures for you, and other than the classics, because um, or Harry Kane, you know they've got Richarlison now. I mean, Romero is absolute scum. Yeah, uh, subhuman scum. I've got a real dislike for Hoiberg. Hoiberg, awful, just, horrible. Just goes around kicking everyone, never gets booked. Horrible. He's a sort of. I don't. Is he? Is he uh, uh, Danish? Danish, yeah. He's a Danish Scott McTominay for me, but slightly better player, obviously. Not really much better. I mean, they That's like, they like him. He's he's sort of like a rubbish shacker. Like he's sort of like a bit of a club man. I think he's like one of these people who talks really well. Doesn't have a great deal of technique. Not big ego. Egoless. Yeah, but he, I don't know if you're being ironic. No, I don't think. I think I mean, he's I, he he like works hard and he kicks people, and that's sort of his vibe and like holds things together quite well. I think Ben Tankle has been a real signing for them, which is kind of annoying. He looks really every time. I, every time I watch them, he's in the right place at the right time, and he does all that quiet, quiet but effective kind of work, which is kind of annoying. I'm upset that Kulisevsky's quite decent. Yeah, that's really annoying because he also he looks like he can't run. He's quite fast, mm. and he's got a really good left foot. Um, I've got a suspicion there's going to be a couple of injuries over the international break because they've got. I mean, Richarlison's definitely going away with Brazil. They mm. must have a few others going away. We've got Party going away with Ghana. That's mad. Which I think is madness. Mad. Um, and who we got? Saliba's going away. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, Zin's, I mean, Zin's in, he's injured. Zinchenko's injured. Zinchenko's injured. Jesus and, and the lads, Brazilian. Tierney's not going to Scotland, is he? Don't know, actually. That would be insane, because, you know, what, what, do, what does he do with Scotland? He, like, carries... He just seems to train to... They're uh, not in anything, though, are they? 
But they just think it's a nation's nation's league, league. Though, isn't it? Yeah, hopefully we'll get a decent rest. But I, I don't mind them playing a little bit because it keeps them keeps them fresh. It's just when they play like three games in a week and all that nonsense. Um, so just to knock, just to knock things on the head, mate. So what are your predictions for that Spurs game then? I think I'm probably less confident than you are, but I think because we're at home, I think we might nick it, but I think it's going to be tight. Nick it. Maybe a goal in it. Maybe, okay. Maybe a goal in it, but I think it'll be tight. I think we'll beat them well by two goals. Sign me up. I'm saying 2-0, 3-1, that sort of vibe. And on predictions, yeah. to wrap it up, where do you feel Where do you feel we're going to finish this season? <sighs> Given that we sit... Lay that on me, mate. We're sitting top. We didn't prep this. Sitting top, sitting pretty. Top three, is what I'm saying. Top three. You still think City will win the league? Yeah. Have you seen Ireland? Top three, and will we finish above Spurs? I don't know, actually. I, mean, I think the top three now could well be the top three at the end of the season. Uh, in Liverpool, look ropey. As Clive would say, a team in transition. You know, I, They don't look as scary as they did a year ago or two years ago. Nunez got a lot of work to do to, to get up to any kind of level I haven't watched Nunes yet and in a way I prefer um, following Nunes through <laughs> what Henry says rather than actually watching him because it gives me a lot more pleasure <laughs> I'm, I'm worried that if I watch Nunes it, it will spoil mate they also don't have a midfield I mean they're playing like Milner and like a couple of kids there's, there's no Elliot. there's no I mean there's some talent but there's no cohesion they don't look like they used to look how long term is Jota? Because he's a good player. He's just yeah, he's really... back. He's back. Oh, is he back? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's like, back. he'll make the better. He's back, but yeah, they just they don't have that fear factor so much. And then you've got Chelsea. I mean, that's quite quite a tasty mess, isn't it? Too cool, unexpectedly dunked after the four four, the four, four three is not working for them. The four 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 three is not not yet come to fruition. They look they look all over the place to me. I'm not, I've seen them a few times this season. They don't look good. Yeah, they'll pull together some results because of the quality individuals. But top four, maybe yeah, fourth. United, I can't see them doing anything. I mean, I could be wrong, but it could be wishful thinking. I think United will be right. They were lucky to be us. Everything lucky. they hit went in. <sighs> very lucky. Yeah, but they compete they... for fourth, but I can't see them being ahead of us. I think we'll finish above them. I think Spurs are Spurs are got so much attacking power that they'll do well and Conte is very, very good. He's very canny and he'll beat a lot of managers on tactical on his tactical day. Um so I think it's between yeah, that's that's a really boring um way to predict it because it's basically what's happening now, but it's City top and then I think it's it's between us and Spurs for second and third. And then it's Chelsea, Liverpool. Probably for fourth. I, th- I think I think we'll get top four, but I'd like to review this after the World Cup when hopefully Gabriel Jesus doesn't have a hernia. Yeah, I mean, if if Jesus, my my answer to our weaknesses, which you didn't ask me, was Jesus. If he gets if he's out for a month, two months, I think we're a bit fucked. Eddie's good, but he's doing everything. He's doing four, like he's doing three people's jobs. Jesus, I don't think he's replaceable. Anyway. Let's call it a day there, mate. It's been a pleasure to uh, reconnect. Yeah, see you in three years. See you in three years. <laughs>
het, het balbezit voor Frank de Boer. Frank de Boer speelt de bal. Heel goed naar Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp neemt de bal aan. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp.